0: A local market regulator in the eastern Chinese city of Wuxi, Jiangsu province, fined Starbucks 1.36 million yuan for adjusting ingredient shelf life and using expired ingredients in two of its outlets there. A public announcement was recorded by the National Enterprise Credit Information Publicity System. In the information released, we can see that two stores were fined around 1.36 million yuan in total the statement said. According to the surveillance video in the store, workers tampered, replaced and destroyed shelf-life labels for food ingredients and continued to use expired ingredients. In December 2021, Starbucks admitted to the failings and said it would conduct an internal investigation. The company is under increased pressure after formerly assumed defunct rival, Luckin Coffee, has made a surprising and vigorous recovery. High-profile U.S. companies operating in China, like Starbucks, worry they might get pulled into the geopolitical rows between the two
1: countries. Huge trade sees Asian Robusta sent to European warehouses for the first time in four years. According to a new report by Reuters, at least 18,000 tons of Robusta coffee was purchased by traders and is destined for the European ICE warehouses. To put that in perspective, ICE had, at the time of the trade, a total stock level of about 100,000 tons. For the last few years, such a trade would have been unthinkable, as the costs would have outweighed the profit. Why did traders drop the price so much? So how is that economically viable today when shipping rates have gone up 400% in some cases? Two factors contributed to this epic transaction, the first was a drop in the price the traders could buy Robusta in Indonesia and Vietnam, and the second is that the traders used an alternative form of shipping. Looking first at the prices, the beans came from Vietnam and Indonesia, the biggest and third-biggest producers of Robusta worldwide, Brazil is number two behind Vietnam. The shipping prices have been so high in large part due to a constrained supply. This meant that stock levels of Robusta had been steadily rising in the countries, and the dealers were now desperate to sell them. Why is shipping so constrained right now? The infrastructure that supports international trade movement was built on a just-in-time model, which was an economic development born out of the need for companies to reduce waste by supplying just what was needed to consumers at the point of demand. No more or less. But the model broke when the pandemic struck, firstly because the ports were closed during the lockdown, creating a backlog of container ships waiting to unload. Secondly, consumers who sat at home with nothing to do tended to buy more goods online, most of which were shipped internationally, thus adding to the logjam. How did the traders ship it cheaply? Most shipping is carried out using containers either 20 or 40 foot, rectangular metal boxes which are stuffed with goods. These containers are then quickly loaded, stacked on top of each other, and unloaded at the destination port. However, there is another less popular form of shipping, called break bulk, in which the ships are designed not for containers, but for the goods to be loaded directly onto the ship, sometimes on pallets or in big cargo nets. This is what the canny traders did. This type of shipping is less used and thus cheaper, although it carries a risk of the coffee being damaged, as they are exposed to the elements during transit. No doubt, the traders have included the costs of insurance into their profit calculations. Break bulk is potentially a game-changer. We're only tight because the coffee is in the wrong place, said a Swiss-based coffee trader at a global trade house. Who's behind the trades? According to the report, large trader Ecom is planning to move 5000 tons to the European market this way. Deliveries are likely to go to ICE warehouses in Antwerp, London, and Amsterdam. Sokafina and Louis Dreyfus have also been reportedly using the technique with prices rumored to be around $1950 a ton, at a significant discount to those being traded on ICE currently. The influx of Robusta to the dwindling stocks at ICE is likely to put downward pressure on the price of the commodity.
2: The Black Rifle Coffee Company, BRCC, has seen their sales explode over the last year, which set them up for their successful stock market IPO earlier this month. I have to admit to a negative predisposition toward the BRCC before I knew anything about them. I'm not a gun supporter, so the Association of Guns and Coffee didn't really put me in a wonderful frame of mind. I understand why many Americans feel strongly about their guns. I spent five years in the Midwest of the US and still have dear friends there who are firmly in the pro gun camp. But we've agreed to disagree. The names of their coffee didn't make me feel any better, like AK Espresso, murdered out coffee roast. So, I set about to shoot them down in this article. Then, I changed my mind, mostly. But then I read their mission statement, and watched interviews with the management team, and discovered a business that, yes, had a strong gun association, but was primarily about veterans. My views on household ownership of guns aside, I'm a supporter of the armed forces, past and present. I wish there was still mandatory national service for young people. The armed forces provide an antidote to silver-tongued politicians, and those of my friends who went through training, came out with lifelong good habits and a can-do attitude. They understand the importance of loyalty and being able to rely on someone. I also believe our governments don't always treat their veterans fairly. I can't speak for the US, but in the UK we have acted shamefully toward our Gurkha troops, denying them equal pensions, for example, until a lovely actress by the name of Joanna Lumley, his father served in the Gurkha regiment, shamed the politicians into action in 2008. So I found it heartening to see over 50% of the employees at the BRCC, were veterans, or family members of veterans. The company has initiatives to help vets including those who were disabled from their service. The company went public by the once-trendy SPAC route. Special Purpose Acquisition Companies (SPACs) are shell corporations designed to take companies public without undergoing the traditional IPO process which takes time and can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. They have been extremely popular over the last few years, although their numbers have dropped significantly recently. The company's share price initially soared before scaling back, but still well above their IPO price. I think the BRCC has struck a chord with right-wing customers in the U S and while I don't like the naming of their products, it's clear that many disagree with me after raising capital, the company is going to embark on a major expansion from the current seven stores to 78 by 2023. They also want to hire 10,000 veterans, which is amazing. What I particularly like other than the jobs for vets is that the company came to market on the back of an already profitable business. Unlike so many other companies that launch their IPOs without any real substance to their business, BRCC has already shown they can deliver. The company has a big hiring program. If you're a vet looking for an opportunity, check out their hiring page. Final thoughts. While I still don't like their coffee names or marketing, an awful lot of people clearly do, and they are doing a great job in promoting themselves. I have no idea if I'd like their coffee, but they're stepping in to help veterans who may not feel they have a lot of great options after leaving the service, and for that they deserve respect.
3: Clemens E. Blum resigns from the Board of Directors of the Bueller Group. Uswil, Switzerland, February 11, 2022. At today's annual General Shareholders' Meeting of Bueller Holding AG, Clemens E. Blum resigned as a member of the Board of Directors and member of the Audit Committee. Clemens E. Blum had been a member of the Board of Directors and member of the Audit Committee since 2015. He will focus on new mandates and is therefore no longer standing for re election. Calvin Greeter, Chairman of the Board of Directors of the Bueller Group, on behalf of the shareholders, the members of the Board of Directors, and the Executive Board, sincerely thanks Clemens E. Blum for bringing his profound knowledge of business and especially automation to Bueller over the past seven years. Clemens E. Blum for his part, thanks the members of the Board of Directors for their constructive, as well as fruitful collaboration, and wishes Bueller all the best for sustained success in the future. Following the news
1: last week that Uganda would leave the ICO, the country's regulator the Uganda Coffee Development Authority, UCDA, has issued a media release to explain their action. In the release, the UCDA states, Uganda which is the leading coffee exporter in Africa and the seventh leading exporter in the world, joined the ICA 2007 in 2009 with a view of enhancing its interests. The sentiment of recent comments from an advisor to the president, which we discussed last week, are evident here also in the first and second points. I'm not sure how much influence the ICO will have over the EU's trading tariffs, but perhaps they should be expected to try harder. In point 3, they refer to price volatility and structural weakness of the coffee sector. We know this is an important point and one that Guatemala also raised when they left. I'd like to see Uganda offer some clarity about what they think the ICO should do. Establishing prices globally is going to be a monumental task, but that shouldn't be an excuse to do nothing. In point 4, they refer to a lopsided classification in which only Brazil and Colombia types are separated and everything else is grouped under other. If that's correct, it's a tone-deaf move on behalf of the ICO, and while there may be practical difficulties in having a highly fragmented classification, they can do better. Point five claims there's a statistical anomaly which adversely affects Robusta, for which of course Uganda is a major producer. I'd like to know more about this. Point 6 is interesting. Uganda claims that 70% of funds raised by member fees are spent on the ICO administration, that sounds like a lot, but it depends on how it is measured, for example, is debt included, or depreciation expenses. Operating expenditure of a private business as a ratio of revenue should typically be between 60 to 80%. But it's hard to tell if the ICO is allocating finance correctly without a deep dive into the accounts. I tried accessing their accounts, but that section of their website is password protected. Uganda clearly thinks the money is not being well spent, and the ICO should be able to address that concern. At the very least, it's an opportunity for the organization to conduct an expenditure review and report if they are offering value for money. Finally, In Point 7, the UCDA says the organization never replaced a scheme that finished in 2012 to help member countries tackle issues in the sector. I'm pleased to see Uganda being transparent about their grievances. We've known for several months the country had issues they were trying to resolve with the ICO. The fact that they wrote an open letter and say that they will continue to negotiate shows that they do in fact care about membership and see the value presumably only when it's working. Whether the ICO agrees or disagrees with the UCDA, some of the problems cited, such as the classification, are easily dealt with. By not addressing even the simple requests, the ICO is in danger of looking complacent. On the subject of complacency, we noted with interest that while the ICO had updated their members' page to remove Uganda from the list, they did not update the statistics to show the percentage of global exporting countries they represent. In February, there is one less member, Uganda, which I believe contributes about 1% of global Arabica and 6% of global Robusta production. But the statistics have not been updated from January, when Uganda was included.